He's the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, I got to, uh, hey, you know, I, I got to kind of clarify, explain some things to, to everybody. I got a uh, ton of emails and messages coming in. People, I saw you on Fox Business with Maria Bartiromo. I said, yeah, I, I do her program uh, from time to time, once or twice a month. And the reason why I do her program and I don't go on on many others is simply because she doesn't ask me to come on there and give my favorite stock picks. Um, if, if people listen to this program now, we've been on the air for 22 years. We're the longest running financial program in the country. We don't do that. We never have. We never will. And, and it's funny. The, the funny thing is you get all of these television uh, shows out there and their producers go in and out. They go in and out, and they change all the time. And I, again, they change because they call me back, and they ask me to do certain things. And I'm like, you guys call all the time, and you ask me to come on and, and explain to people what we're buying and selling, and we just don't do that on air. And I, I, I want to basically explain why. A buy for you, buy for you, might be a buy for you, but it might not be a buy for your neighbor. Um, we happen to take our fiduciary responsibility pretty seriously here on the program. And everyone's situation is unique and different. We don't, we don't run a hedge fund. I, I like to, you want to describe what we run is we run a family office for many families. You know, family office, the traditional is just like, oh, you know, you get the, you know, the Rockefellers or whatever, and they've got one guy that's taking care of all their stuff. That's what we do for all of our families. And each and every family is different. Each and every family has different wants, needs, desires, certain situation, risk tolerance. So each individual, each family needs to be Handle differently. I mean, it's just plain as day. If I come on a program, I start telling people what I'm buying. The reality is I might be selling that same company for somebody else that might need to reallocate, whose portfolio is constructed differently. You know, it's um, it's funny. It, it really is. It really is. About the market times. You're watching the volatility in the markets and if you watch these people on these fast money type programs trading programs across all these things again you watching it's a complete exercise in futility what they're doing 
It's it's fascinating to me. It, you know what's fascinating to me is the fact that we don't participate in any of that nonsense. You guys are these people are spending all day, all night in front of their their screens. We don't do that. We own quality companies. We reallocate assets. We balance portfolios out. When we see too much risk coming into a certain situation, we make some changes here or there. You know, this this market sell-off that we've been enduring, you do understand the pain is most certainly amplified, and it's just by design. By design, by the powers that be. You understand it's not about what's right for your portfolio. They're not talking about what's right for you. They're talking about what's happening now, what's in the news now. Do you, do you remember, I don't know, back in 2000, the fall, yeah, fall 2018, a certain day. Let's, let's, let's go back. We'll go back to, I'll just pick a day. October 5th, 2018. Do you remember what happened that day in the market? Neither do I. But you do know if you went back to CNBC or Fox Business or any of these programs, many of them, not all. There's some good shows on some of these things. I'm, I'm going to clarify that. Do you understand that it was their job to amplify that day? This is the most important day. This is what you got to know. We got to have our morning meeting so you can know everything that's happening in the markets today. No, you don't. You don't need to concern yourself with any of that. You ever, you ever see people come on and talk about, you know, oh, it's market calamity, whatever day, massive sell-off, whatever. Eh, you know, every market correction, every sell-off has always turned into an opportunity. Is that a truthful? Yeah, it's a truthful statement. And again, we get it. We get it. We, we understand the fear. Okay, we do. People get fearful. It's when, when things go down. Oh, it's difficult, painful to watch. But how many times am I going to repeat myself here on the program, people? If you own quality, value, fundamentals, you should be losing sleep at night. You'll be just fine. Now, all these sell-offs and whatnot, it does. It separates, I know it's not politically correct, the men from the boys. And you can test the faith in what you've been doing. Even the most ardent, value, fundamental-oriented investor. If you're going to fixate yourself on your portfolio's market value during a calamity, whatever we're going through, um, you're giving yourself agita. None of, none of the fundamental qualities that made your, your portfolio investment grade just, a, just a, a year ago have changed. That's the reality. The, the thing that we've been getting out here for 22 years plus, it's, it's nothing new. It's, this is timeless information. This is why they don't talk about these things in the mainstream media. And this is what we're all Americans get. 
nearly their daily uh, economic and market input. If, if the news media told you the truth, if they told you the truth, they would be repeating themselves again and again and again. And, and let's be honest, people. Let's be honest. I talk about working on the fundamentals. We repeat ourselves here on this show. We do. It's kind of like, say, if you want to be a good athlete, you want to be a good basketball player, you better keep working on your layups and your free throws and your eight-foot jumpers, whatever it may be. Focus on the fundamentals, the fundamentals of proper investing, how you're going to be successful over time. They don't do that anywhere else. They don't. They focus on the news. And the grand attempt is to always stir you up about what's happening today. Should you do this? Should you do this? Oh, my God, look at OPEC. Look what happened. Oh, my God, what's the Fed going to do? And it's all nonsensical, people. It is. Certain belief systems and behaviors, if you acquire them, so what we're trying to get across here on the program, this is what's going to help you to achieve the, these higher level returns, better lifetime returns than the damn hamster wheel that everybody in the news media wants to get you on. You abide. You get, you get this belief system. You get something set. You're going to do well. And let me, let me explain to you something as, as well. Okay, um, you can't you can't be an investor. Okay, you can't plan if, if you are, are, are afraid. If you are fundamentally afraid of everything, again, we talked about that—the importance of courage. You're not going to do well. You're not going to do well because when when a bump pops up. You're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be frozen. You're not gonna know what to do. You're gonna make a poor decision. I see this all the time. Media is constantly suggesting that some economic setback, market setback, whatever it may be, is new and terrible in some unprecedented way. And you better get out. You better steer clear of this. Yeah, interesting. The more, you know, the more inconsequential some of these things are, the greater the, the fear-mongering. All of these things pass, people. And if you're doing things the right way, if you set your portfolio up the right way, you have a fundamentally sound portfolio. You don't worry about stocks. You own great companies. You're going to be rewarded. I, I, I looked it up. The day I was born, you know what the S&P was at? 97. <laughs> Think about that for a second. 97. That's where it was. Do we have problems do, with, with our, our situation here in our country? We're going to get into them. Okay, I, again, I'm not whistling past the graveyard. Do I think we're going to have muted growth Moving forward. Yeah, we've discussed this for a long period of time. This is the decision that we collectively made here as a country. Certain people, I didn't decide that way. You want to continue to expand the government. 
So no, do I think we'll have gangbuster type growth? No, we won't. Which means you need to be laser focused on quality. If you do that, you will succeed. Anyway, last um, last couple weeks here on the program, um, we, we were talking about some of the portfolios that we've put together, some of the downside protection that we put in. Um, we call these our alpha lock portfolios. And we normally don't get into this, uh, but we've put together, we put together some information that you can go to our website at watchdogonwallstreet.com. You can sign up for it there and you can see what we're doing. You can see how we do it. And again, it's not, there's no specific companies in this. It's basically what we do. Okay. Our, our process in regards to protecting your downside. And you can take a look for yourself. You can see the performance of these portfolios over time. And I'm not talking six months. I'm not talking a year. I'm talking five. I'm talking 10, 20, 30 years back tested, back dated portfolios. And you can see what we do. At some point in time, people, okay, you're going to have to get off. If you're smart, you're going to get off the hamster wheel. You're going to get off the hamster wheel and you're going to see, again, it's, I just talk about Plato's cave. You're, you're watching shadows on the wall. Turn into the light. Turn into the light. Do things the right way. Get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. It's watchdogonwallstreet.com. Take a look at what we're doing. We have free consultations. We have account repair kits. We have a myriad of things. We are here to help you. And let me make this very, very clear. We help everyone. And whenever I mention the phrase family office, like, I can't work with them. I don't have five million bucks. No, we help everyone. There's no limits here. Watchdogonwallstreet.com or give us a call, 800-471-5984. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Couldn't believe it this past week. Uh, again, I, I said maybe I should play. Uh, maybe I should play lotto today. Maybe I should buy my first lottery ticket. Uh, reason being is um, I I opened up the the New York Times that day, and uh, their um, opinion columnist and economics professor from Princeton, Keynesian economics professor Paul Krugman. Who, you know, quite frankly, I, I, I haven't, I, it's been decades since I believe he's been right on anything. When I mean decades, he basically said the internet was going to go the way of the fax machine, wasn't going to be a big deal. I, I'm not kidding. Okay. So he does a piece um, and asking the question, he said, is, is the Fed breaking too hard? And he used the same analogy that we've been using here on the program about a car and slamming on the brakes 
and what can happen. He actually used, you know, you could slow down a car by, you know, tapping on the brakes or you could slam it into a telephone pole. Talks about this and what the Fed is doing. And um, he actually had the United Nations come out and say, hey, you're going to be crushing all of these emerging markets out there. This is not good what you're doing. You're, you're breaking too hard going after all of these central banks. And it, it's fascinating to watch. It really is. At this point in time, if you haven't fully figured out that the people that are running the show, the people that are supposed to know more than we do, all of these people with, you know, economics, uh, PhDs, and all of the advisors to all of these world leaders. All of these world leaders, I don't care whether it's the bloody EU or here in the United States. And it goes for both parties. They don't know anything. They don't. They are self-serving. This is one of the things I've tried to get across. Should the Fed have started tapping on the brakes Back when they were saying, oh, nothing to see here. Inflation is transitory. Sure. And they should have stopped the bond buying. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that because their true bosses, oh, no, the Fed is independent. That's horse manure. No, they're not. They're not independent. They bend to the powers that be. You got story after story here. Unrelenting inflation is taking a toll, leaving more Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it's gone parabolic, but this is not new. It's not. But again, why are more Americans living paycheck to paycheck? It's not because the price that they're going to spend at Best Buy or the furniture store. It's because of the things that you need to have every day. The things you need to survive on continue to go up in price. Do you really believe, and I've tried to get this across to people, do you really think that the Fed, you really think that the Fed can influence food prices, energy prices? No, these are policy decisions. These are policy decisions that we have gotten ourselves into. You look across the board, you've got cargo ship owners are canceling sailings because uh, demand is going down. Home prices have come down at the fastest uh, rate since the Lehman bankruptcy. I can go on and on and on. WTO, sharp slowdown in global trade, possible recession. You don't say. Can the... Fed, can the Fed do anything about the stuff that we need to survive on? No. No. And I I mentioned this this past week on my podcast. I said, people, we did this. And I got a couple of responses from people. I said, I didn't vote for this. Well, I'm saying we is we're we the people of the United States of America. Okay? I I haven't I haven't gotten the the candidates that I wanted for a long time either. I almost never do. But we did as a nation. You say we, we the people, we the nation. We decided on these policies. You voted for them. You voted for them, people. Now you got OPEC saying, you know what? We're going to cut back 2 million barrels a day. And everybody's getting all upset at OPEC. 
blaming OPEC for? We, we were energy independent not too long ago. These are self-inflicted wounds, people. Again, can these things, can we, can we change them? Sure. Sure we can. But again, you're going to have to do that uh, by choosing a little bit more wisely who to send these positions of power. That, that's what's going to solve inflation. Solve inflation? Shrink government. Shrink government spending. That's the culprit right there. All that waste, all that fraud, all that nonsense. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to the Watchdog in Wall Street with Chris Markowski. In case you haven't noticed, we go after elephants. We go after donkeys. I'm I'm not a member of a party. You, you can listen to the program. You can you can see where my thought process is, where where I lean, and you know again love. Love the United States Constitution. I love separation of powers. I love limited government. We just, that just, we don't have that. We don't have that here in this country. Every single government program that has started, it never goes away. We never reform it. We're going to get into debt a little bit later on in the program. Try, just try. Try to get your arms around $31 trillion. Just, just. Just try to do it, okay? Just it, it, get your arms around the size of that number. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. I, I, I got to mention this. Okay, this is the media for you, okay? This is the media. This is how damaged it is. Not to, not to mention it's the Washington Bloody Post, for crying out loud. They had a columnist write a piece Seven ways a recession could be good for you financially. I, I I went through this this piece here. Honestly, this is it, it looks like it was written by someone in eighth grade. Okay, uh, somebody that's in junior high for a middle school newspaper. That's how vapid this is. Oh, housing prices may finally come down to reasonable levels. Uh, yeah, Dumsky, but the borrowing costs have gone up. So you're still paying. Saving rates are going up. They're going to give you more money in your savings account. Yeah, but it's still going to be below the rate of inflation, so you're still losing money. I, I could go on and on and on. Oh, if you go to Europe, the dollar is strong. So if you go on a European vacation, things are going to be cheaper. Your used car is worth more. Oh, yay. And of course, they end up the seventh thing is uh, student loan forgiveness is coming. Of course, another entitlement, another handout, and another giveaway that we need to put a stop to right now. Because it's never going to end. 
It's going to be perpetual like everything else, like Obamacare. Couldn't repeal that. And Republicans just said, hey, you know what? We're done. We're not going to deal with it now. And this is this is your news. This is the information that they're putting out. Another story I saw as well is how um, decline and they, they actually look at Google searches in regards to the markets shows how it says it's showing retail investors are leaving the market. No, no, no. Um, people who are smart are not leaving the market. People who turn the market into a casino turn the market into a casino, they're leaving, and they're leaving because they don't have any more money. And again, what we've witnessed, what we've seen happen over the past few years here, um, I've seen this movie before, people. I've been around long enough. I, I remember. I remember in the 1990s when I was living in New York City, they opened up a massive E-Trade Center in Midtown Manhattan. And people would go in there during their lunch break and trade. And trade. Again, this is, you know, before the smartphones, people. There's a, you know, flip smart tack Motorola phones everybody have. People would go in there and they would trade. And I'm laughing at the place. I'm like, this is a casino in Midtown. Sure enough, <laughs> blows up. Blows up. People, again, Everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. You, you, you think you can trade the market? You, you think you can you know, get on a couple message boards and do this? It's, it's a disaster. I, and people, I know because I'm cleaning it up. Okay? We could, aside, you know, again, it's going back to my roots. My dad was a, a school teacher, and he also owned a janitorial business, and I, we worked for him. In many ways, that's what we, we clean up messes. And that's what we, we've been doing here for decades at Markowski Investments and this radio program. People, for whatever reason, they think that they're different. That, they, you know, they're going to be able to, to get rich quick. They, they've got it all figured out. No, you don't. You don't. You're going to lose. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You do things the right way. You get your financial preparation in order. You look for the best safe yields you can find, and you compound them over time. You own quality. You rebalance your portfolio. I know it's not exciting. It's not as sexy as trying to trying to trade GameStop up, but it works. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, people, I invite you. See what we're doing. See how we do it. Get to our site. All sorts of great stuff there. Take a look. Our Alpha Lock portfolios. Consultations with us here at Markowski Investments. Everything absolutely free there at the website. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Or give us a call. 800-471-5984. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. When it feels like the world is ah, I saw this this past week. And again, uh, takes me back a couple a couple years. 
uh, people, longtime listeners here on the program. Um, I didn't have to be that long time. It's just, you've been a listener for a few years here. Um, are aware, aware. All the warnings that we gave to you in regards to all of these hot IPOs. They're so hot. Yes, these new tech IPOs, they're so hot. And it, it doesn't take me long. It doesn't take me a very long time to take a look at a company going public, to take a look at its prospectus, take a look at its business model, to tell you what eventually is going to happen. Like, like the little kid, like the little kid there, what was it there? Oh, the Sixth Sense. I see dead people. No, I see garbage companies. I see ripoffs and scams. I see what Wall Street and venture capital firms, what they're going to do to you. And I said, this past week, I, I, I'm like, I got I to gotta find a way where I can kind of archive the, the audio here on the program and go back from a few years ago and uh, pull stuff up. Poshmark. Poshmark. It was a social shopping marketplace. Well, the thing went public. Of, what was it? Uh, early twenty-one had to be January, February twenty-one. It was close to. What was it forty, forty-five, fifty dollars a share, something like that? We took a look at this thing, and we told you, like all of the others, what this is is you getting the insiders out, you getting the quote end quote smart money. Smart. And the thing I I don't. I don't particularly care for smart money. I, I for a long time, because smart money used to be used to be people actually building and creating things, or or taking down and out companies and fixing them. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the, the way venture capital, way investment banking is done today, it is a game of let's ladder a company up. Let's pump a company up. The old concept of pump and dump. You know, think Wolf on Wall Street. They're much, much more sophisticated than that now. You can't even get in at the bottom. So they, they push the valuation up like they did with Poshmark. We'll take it public at 40-something. We make sure, try to keep the stock up for a period of time, get all of the insiders out, get the venture capitalists out, and then... Now, again, I, I can take a look at a company, take a look at a business, and I can see whether or not it's going to survive. You can take a look at the overall market that's out there. Was it last week on the program? We were making fun of Beyond Meat. Oh, that was the greatest thing ever. Oh, they were talking about it in all the business networks. I'm like, um, you do understand that there's not that many vegetarians out there that can justify the price on this. Oh, no, but it's awesome. It's vegetable goo that we cover in salt and turn into food. Same thing with Poshmark. You understand the competition that's out there. You're gambling with your money on things like this, and people got crushed. Again, clean up on aisle five. Markowski's coming. This is what we have to deal with, my friends. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, do things the right way. Get to our website, Watchdog on WallStreet.com, or give us a call, 800 471 5984. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street.
bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. I wish I, I wish I also recorded the date where uh, this uh, this program took a, a very different direction. Um, we all do. We have come to realizations in life. We have epiphanies. I love that word. We have an epiphany. Start to seeing things a little bit differently. And for, for quite some time here on the program, back when we started in 2000, Again, that was, uh, you know, going into the dot-com collapses, and I was going after all of the big brokerage firms for what they were doing, knowingly were doing, and I'm yelling and screaming and getting angry with them and talking about all this. I, I, I did it for years, not not to mention even before then, you know, before we even had a radio program, and even after we started, the boiler room operators out there. And, and it's, at some point in time, I said, this is, it's an exercise in futility. And it's, it's not a harsh turn. I think it's a reality-based turn. I, I, I am very, very forceful with my listeners out there. Again, I, I'm telling you here on the program, okay, it might not be what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. A- at some point in time, you're going to have to take responsibility. You're going to have to take responsibility for your situation. You're going to have to educate yourself. We have a whole thing up on our site, my columns dating back decades, all of my appearances. Go read these things. Get yourself in the know. You don't go on a damn message board to get into something. Or worse yet, you're looking on social media for where to put your money. I saw this this past week, and I remember we talked about this here on the program. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is going to have to pay a $1.26 million fine to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Why? She went on to her, I don't know, was her Instagram account or whatever it may be, and told people to buy some sort of cryptocurrency that fell apart. Now, again, um, stupid is as stupid does. You're going to listen to Kim Kardashian or some rapper and where what 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 the the next cryptocurrency is. This is back when they were there were new ones coming up every single day. New cryptocurrencies all the time. Oh, I got I got my own. I was making fun of it here on the program. I got to come up with a watchdog coin for crying out loud. This is a joke. This is stupid. It's a Ponzi scheme. You, you want to call it economic and market Darwinism? I I, I guess. All right. So Kim Kardashian going to pay one point two six million. Uh, people lost a hell of a lot more than that by listening to her advice but the reality is no one held a gun to your head and told you to listen to kim kardashian and where to put your money and and, and i know this is going to be harsh but i i happen to believe that this is the case 
we have again, we have such a dumb populace out there that if Kim Kardashian said that she's got some new beauty formula out there where you mix Kool-Aid and cyanide and drink it, people would do it. People would do it. You got to think about the power that these people have. I mean, they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars just to, to wear something. She got paid $250,000 to put out a, a, a tweet. What was it? I don't know. Instagram post. Are you guys into crypto? <gasps> are you into crypto? I, I'm, my friends are telling me about this new coin. And I, I'm going to be brutally honest with everybody. I, I, I don't. Okay? I don't feel sorry for you if you've lost money on this stuff. I'm, I'm being honest, people. I don't. Why? Because you got greedy. You didn't use your head. You deviated from what, what, what known rules and laws of the universe. Everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. Stop looking for shortcuts in life. Stop. Stop looking for an easy way. Do things the right way, people. Do I like seeing the pain that people have to go through after they've been ripped off and scammed? No, of course not. Of course not. Do I have great sympathy for some of the stuff that they do to senior citizens out there? This is not, you know, senior citizens are not listening to Kim Kardashian. You've got other crooks out there that are utilizing church groups and whatever it may be to rip people off. But, but at some point in time, I say this is when you become an adult in life. Same thing I teach my kids. My daughter turned 18, just turned 18 years old, and so I'm an adult now. I'm like, no, you're not. Maybe in the eyes of the law. Maybe in the eyes of the law, Man, yep, yep, you can go ahead and you can vote now, but you're not an adult. You live underneath my roof. I pay your bills. I take care of you. You become an adult when you assume responsibility. You own it. You own it. You stop placing blame on others and you start owning every situation that you have in life. Don't get mad at Kim Kardashian. Get mad at yourself for listening to her financial advice on Instagram. And she's just one example. On the Kardashians. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become a part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Do things the right way. Get to our website, Watchdog on WallStreet.com, or give us a call, 800 800- Four seven one fifty nine eighty four. To the ends of the earth. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. 
Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. That's right. Political and economic uh, reality. Um, we saw this past week our national debt has exceeded $31 trillion. $31 trillion. And I, I, you can't, nobody understands that. You can't get your arms around it. I, I certainly don't have the intelligence to understand the magnitude of 31 trillion. I always I, I equate it to that it was a great movie but I still fully don't understand it. That movie Interstellar? Yeah, I, I, I tried it was you know the physics was way above my pay grade. 31 trillion dollars is way above any of our pay grades. And you have the current administration running around patting itself on the back, saying it's reducing deficits, which is just, quite frankly, a lie. I, I, I mean, I cannot stand the lies anymore. These are all liars. They didn't reduce the deficits. It's just COVID spending that went away. Our debt continues to grow. The um, debt servicing costs... We talked about this here on the program. We talked about the Federal Reserve and how they, you know, they can raise rates a little bit, raise rates a little bit, because that's all they've done right now. They've just done it too quickly. But they can't raise them too high because, again, our, 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 the servicing costs of our debt would skyrocket. Already, with the, what the Fed has done in regards to raising rates has made our interest costs go up by, again, a trillion dollars over the next 10 years i don't know if you're aware of this people over the next 10 years you and i are going to spend nine close to nine trillion dollars in interest close to nine trillion dollars in interest payments you know, here, I'm, I've told the story on the program because it's, it's reoccurring. It happens all the time. And this is kind of some of the financial planning work that we do. And this has been happening for years and years and years at Markowski Investments where people will come in to our office and they want to start doing the right thing and putting money away. And kids, they got young kids and they want to prepare for their college. They want to think about retirement. And, and these are attractive young families and well-dressed and nice car, nice house, all this stuff, right? And I start going through their finances and going over things with them, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. This is not, this is not, I'm not talking student loans. I'm talking 80, 90, 100,000 dollars plus sometimes in credit card debt. And I, I try to get across to these people, I say, I'm going to be honest with you. You have to tackle this. You're going to have to make changes in your spending because um, we think we do a pretty good job, 
but we're not going to show you a higher rate of return than the interest that you're paying on your high-interest credit card debt. Some listen. Some listen, and I, I make suggestions in the cutting back here or there. Selling this. Do whatever it may be. Tackle this. This is what you got to handle first. This is the big problem. you got to tackle this high-interest debt first. Some listen, but I'm going to be honest with you, most don't. Most don't. Most they, they, most people don't like to deal with the truth. They don't like to deal with reality. And it's been my experience that these are the families who are going to end up running into trouble down the road. It's going to run into money problems and money issues. You're limited in what you can do when you continue to accrue all this debt and pay interest on it. Now, granted... Our government's not paying that high interest in regards to a rate. But look at the number. What? Imagine. Just try to get you built. What could be created? The types of, if that money was back in the economy with people who would build businesses, create things, the new technologies, the new pharmaceuticals, what could be done with that? There's a line in the movie The Bronx Tale. And I actually wrote a column about this. The title of the column was Wasted Talent. And it was the figure in, in The Bronx Tale said, the saddest thing in the world is wasted talent. Wasted talent. And that's what we're doing, my friends, as, as a nation right now. We're wasting our talent. But what does this all mean? What is all this... this huge national debt mean these interest payments mean uh, the terrain again i deal with the terrain i deal with reality we're going to see much weaker economic growth moving forward we are we are gonna, uh, we have moved in a direction i've talked about this for a long long time a long time here on the program you know road to serfdom Right? Hike. Road to serfdom. ACDC. Highway to hell. We're in basically socialism town. We are in big government town. And we've been here for a long time. I, Barack Obama was the last one who actually believed that all of the magic. He believed his own hope and change bull excrement and thought that his policies was going to re-trigger economic growth when it did the exact opposite. Oh, we got recovery summer at the time. Vice President Joe Biden touting recovery summer. All these things that we're doing with the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Look at what it's going to do. We're going to get all this economic growth until we got nothing. Muted economic growth. One of the biggest recessions ever. We should have been booming coming out of that. Why didn't we boom? Well, government was running the show. Government was in the driver's seat. Government through high taxes and spending and government regulations. Again, acting like Lilliputians on steroids. Tying the entire economy down. Tiring uh, you know, entrepreneurs, tying people down to the ground, not letting them go, not letting them go out and build and create. This is what big government does. 
I, you might not want to hear this, people, but quite frankly, we are real close to the European model. And, and for those out there, again, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to depress anybody out here. This is the reality of our situation. You people out there that think if there's some sort of Republican wave, Okay, if you think there's some sort of Republican wave that's coming in, that's going to change, oh, Republicans are going to take the House, they're going to take the Senate, and then what? They're just as bad for crying out loud with their spending. They don't want to rein anything in. I, I don't know if you caught that this past week. Republicans are saying, you know what, Obamacare is here to stay. We're not going to even try to repeal that. <laughs> Isn't that what you were supposed to do? No, they, they didn't want to do it when they said that they were going to do it. They weren't prepared. They didn't have anything ready to go. It was McCain's fault. No, it wasn't McCain's fault. Okay? They, they had McCain. McCain did, did the thing because, uh, put, gave the thumbs down because he and Trump had no love lost between them, as we know that. But if it wasn't McCain, it would have been somebody else. They're just as bad. They like big government, too. Apparently, I was going off on Marco Rubio a year or so ago, him and Mike Lee pushing for more child tax credits and handouts to families, giving giving parents money who have kids. What? If you can't afford to have a kid, don't have the kid. Why, why, why do I have to support that? So, yeah, 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 we've, <laughs> we've drifted people. And because of this drift, because of this debt, this is the train movement. You're going to expect, I say, you're gonna, maybe two, two and a half. Coming out of a recession, you might see a little bit higher growth. But, but this is, this is what it does. This is what high debt does. And that's where we're at right now. Anyway. Anyway. Um, oh, by the way, besides the fact that we're at $31 trillion, our government's still collecting record tax revenue. Record tax revenue. It's not enough. Not enough. Anyway, um, talk a little bit about employment, what's happening around the country. Starting to see a myriad of companies uh, making some changes. Saw that uh, Facebook is now um, kind of hiring freeze and they're going to be laying off 12,000 workers. You got other tech companies laying people off. And um, guess what? Good. You overhired. You overhired, and you've got these entitled workers out there that don't believe that they should have to go to the office. These people that believe that they have some sort of say, they should be telling the boss what to do. Um, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Oh, that's so mean. People are getting laid off. Listen, okay? If you do your job well, you're not going to get laid off. It's just that simple. You're not. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break right here. I really want to delve into this uh, in regards to employment picture, what we see happening moving forward, um, and what businesses should do. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Get to our website, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. All sorts of great stuff there. Take a look at what we've been doing with our clients, with our various different every consultation. We're here to help you. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call, 800-471-5984.
Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street show. One of the, the problems that we've seen, and we've gone off on this here on the program, um, the time failure of, of leadership at many companies, many businesses around the country. Um, we just... <laughs> You get these these people that are running the show, CEOs, and sometimes they're even founders, and, and they get convinced. They get told that they've got to hire some consultants to bring in there. They gotta they gotta hire McKinsey. They gotta hire McKinsey, or they they listen to their uh, investment bankers that just want them to borrow more money or do some merger and acquisition, no matter what, because they're just looking for fees. Anyway, McKinsey comes in and says, you got to grow at all costs. This is what you need to do. You really got to go on massive hiring right now. You got to expand. You got to expand. You got to expand. This is what you got to do right now. And this is what many companies did. And now they've got this excess in workers that they don't need. So they're going to get rid of them. It's just, it, there's nothing wrong with that. They, they made a mistake. They made a mistake, and many of these companies have to get leaner. They have to become more efficient in the way that they do things. Yeah, it, I always go back, harken back to the, the 1980s, and I did talk about this on the podcast this past week. You know, the evil Reagan years, the evil corporate corporate raiders. They weren't evil. They were cleaning up. They were cleaning up the mess that our economy had become because of inefficiency, because of crap. I always, I heard about that. That was a great scene in the movie Wall Street with Gordon Gecko at the Teldar paper, Teldar paper stockholders meeting. And he's ripping into all of the vice presidents there. I can't figure out what all these 30 some odd vice presidents do and the money that they make and their trips here and their trips there. He's talking about cutting waste. That's what we need to do. We need to become efficient again. And many of these technology companies, that's what they're, that's what they're doing. If they want to survive, they'll do it. This is the whole thing. They talk about this, you know, wage inflation and labor market. Those companies that are laying people off, it's not due to the Fed. Okay. It's not. It's not. They're doing what they need to do. What the what the Fed is doing and trying to wreck. Oh, we got to wreck the economy. In order to save the economy, we need to destroy it. That's what the Federal Reserve is saying. No, you don't need to put small businesses under because that's what you're going to do. You don't want to put growth companies under because that's what you're going to do. By the way, okay. Side note, right, right. I just thought about it. At the top of my head. The amount of small businesses that are going under in the UK right now is astronomical. You don't need to have the unemployment rate go up to fix things. These tech companies that are laying people off, hopefully these kids that get fired because they didn't do a very good job or they were useless. Well, they'll find something else to do. There's a lot of job openings. I know the number is decreased by about a million over the past year, 
but there's still a lot of job openings out there. So you will find something. Not not to mention this as well. I'm worried about wage inflation. Oh, my God, wage inflation. You don't think that businesses are able to adapt. Any good business out there can adapt. We talked about the uh, Chipotle, and now it's got its uh, robots that are making chips. Yeah, they got robots that are making chips. We all see it. We go to uh, go to a, a Home Depot. You go to a grocery store to self checkout lines. And I know, I know this annoys people sometimes. But again, these are businesses that are doing what they need to do to keep their costs down. To keep their costs down. To keep again, you got to hire all of these work. It costs that much to hire. You know what? You're not going to do it. So you're going to let technology take over. This was fascinating, and I said it's about time. You said Walgreens is now going to be utilizing prescription filling robots, which is going to free up time for pharmacists to do other things, whether it be give vaccinations or give advice. And deal with customers. How is this bad? This is great. What Walgreens, they're so short on pharmacists. You're getting a $75,000 signing bonus to go work there. So they're going to have to find a way. And that's what good businesses do. That's what smart entrepreneurs do. The government can't solve this. This is, this is figure out. They solve this on the local level. And if you don't solve it and you don't figure it out, guess what? Like, again, I go back to Gecko. Tell our paper speech. Either you do it right or you get eliminated. We're all dealing with inflation. We are. I, I even talk about it. With, with my company and just our, our cost every single year, licensing, regulations, all this crap, insurance. And I make the point, I said, I wouldn't be able to start this company today with the capital I had 30-something years ago. I just wouldn't have been able to do it. It's too expensive. That's wrong, okay? That, that, that pushes out, that's barriers to entry. You don't want to have that. That screws up an economy. You want, uh, you want a dynamic economy where people can get in and they can start businesses. We made that way too hard. But I, I have to deal with these realities. We want to keep our fees as low as possible for our clients. So we got to utilize more and more technology. We have to stay on top of this stuff. We make these investments. So to keep our costs down, smart businesses will do that. They will. So, uh, again, taking a look at the employment picture. And I and there's certain businesses out there, yes, okay, yes, you know, restaurants, whatnot. I'm not seeing as many. I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing, not seeing as many uh, restaurants out there with the sign out front saying, please bear with us, we are short-staffed. I mean, I still recognize that many of them are short-staffed. And, again, we've got small business Small business clients, owners all over the country, and they've been complaining about the, the difficult time they have hiring people. But it, again, it's interesting. It really is interesting to see the adjustments, the type of ingenuity that we have as a people. 
It really is. Anyway, got to take a break. Again, uh, I want to remind each and every one of you out there, again, become a part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Get to our site. Alpha Lock Portfolios, consultations with our uh, certified financial planners. We're here to help. We're here to help everyone, okay? We don't have limits. You don't need $5, $10 million to work with the Markowskis. We're here to help everyone. It's the way we've always done things. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. That's Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Or give us a call, 800-471-5984. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. we got to have to get into energy. As mentioned earlier on in the program, okay, um, this is one of the, um, the biggest issues we have when it comes to inflation. And I've talked about this for a long time here on the show. The Federal Reserve, uh, the U.K. Central Bank, the European Central Bank, the Australian central bank they don't go out and drill for oil they don't go out and drill for natural gas they can't do anything about those prices except completely wreck the economy crush demand so people are not using those things but again still people still got to live they got to heat their homes they still are going to have to heat their homes. So you're going to have to destroy businesses so they're not utilizing the energy to bring the cost down. Does that seem to you like an intelligent thing to do? I, I, again, I went up liking it. You know, you, let's say you've got a, um, <laughs> see, you got a porcelain vase that gets a chip and you got the little chip and you've got to glue it on, you know, you fix it, you, you glue it on with some super glue. But instead, you decide to smash it with a hammer and fix it that way. You're not fixing it. You're not making anything better. You're making it worse. The White House is in full freakout mode, panic mode right now because OPEC said, you know what? Despite the fact that we gave Biden a <laughs> Saudi prince gave Biden a fist bump, we are going to cut production by two million barrels. And, and you see, you see the the vitriol. You got the spit coming out the side of the mouths. They're angry. All these leftist journals, MSNBC, CNN. How could the how could OPEC? How could these countries do that? To Joe Biden, this administration, how could they do? That's terrible. What are you talking about? They want the price to go up. They want the price to go up. It's been a, a card. It was a cartel for a long time. Okay. Um, you people, if you follow any sort of history whatsoever, you're familiar with what happened back in the 1970s. I had. Heck, I, I remember that was big news all the time, the, the latest OPEC meeting where they would meet in Zurich or Vienna to determine what they were going to do. <laughs> we, we took their power away. We, we had them 
on the ropes. We had them on the ropes until we said, nah, nah, let's do something else. Let's, let's, let's put all of our faith in Greta Thunberg. So now you're going to see gasoline prices come up. Your, your energy prices are going to be astronomical this winter. They are. They are going to be, and I, I, I can't stand that. Again, like I said, wasting money, wasting potential. Yeah, I'm the guy that goes around and makes sure every light is off in the house, doors are shut. I'm anal about the thermostat, all that stuff, because it's a waste of money. I already told my wife, I said, we're going to have a fire going to a fireplace all winter long. I, I, I mean, I, you can't afford to pay it. I just don't want to. There's other things I'd rather use that money on, for crying out loud, and it's completely unnecessary. It's self-inflicted wounds. It's crap that we're doing to ourselves. We have it all here. So what does the Biden administration do? Uh, We're going to release another 10 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in November. Does that solve the problem? Does it solve the problem? Does it fix the problem? It doesn't. It doesn't. And again, people people don't even realize all of the uses for oil, from plastics to roads, natural gas, and what that's involved with when it comes to fertilizer here in this country. What, what, what they're doing, quite frankly, it's, it is so destructive. And it makes no sense. And again, I'm not, I'm, like I said, if it made sense for me to buy an electric car, I, I'd get myself an electric car. But this idea that you're going to completely eliminate this technology, I tell you something, my mother still doesn't have power down in Southwest Florida. There are still countless people that don't have power. I'm sure you've seen the memes with uh, people in Teslas filling up canisters of gasoline because they've got to get their generator going, their gasoline power generator, so they can charge their electric car. I mean, for quite a lot of people, you can't find out some sort of, you know, hybrid, some sort of mix, some sort of compromise when it comes to this. It's possible. It is. But all we get, all we get, government intervention. All over the globe. European Union are going to approve sweeping energy market intervention. Is it solve their problem? No. It doesn't do a damn thing. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. All sorts of great stuff there at our site. Again, see, check out the performance that we've had, how we've how we've won, okay, for decades. Take a look at our Alpha Lock portfolios. Get a free consultation with our certified financial planners. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call 800-471-5984. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. 
You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Everybody, it is the Watchdog on Wall Street. You're always honored to have you tuned into the program again. Um, I want to remind a couple things. A couple things. Listen, um, you see a lot of commercials on TV. Got other investment advisories out there, and they're telling you how wonderful and how great they are. And then they say, well, "Okay, you know, give us a call if you have X amount of dollars. If you have a million, if you have five, if you have five hundred thousand. Um, listen, I'm not even going to talk about the performance of some of these outfits. I'm not, not going to even mention their names. I won't even go there today. Let's just say a lot of those accounts are transferring in our way. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, again, I, we know where we, we've come from. My brothers and I who own this company. And quite frankly, you know, we could have taken... Our company public, we've could have gone a, a very various different routes, but we we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that because we don't want to change the way we do things. What do I mean by that? Um, you know, you have shareholders out there. Uh, if I'm running Markowski Investments and we're a publicly traded company, then I have to act in the best interests of my shareholders. I want to act in the best interest of my clients. I I explain this to people all the time. You work with these big firms out there, and they tell you they're putting your interests first, but they're not. The people running the company care about their bottom line and their shareholders. It's the same reason why you wouldn't want to work. You wouldn't want to have a, a, a publicly traded surgeon or doctor or lawyer or accountant. The same thing holds true for advice. And again, we, we don't follow the McKinsey model. You know what the McKinsey model is for all of these financial firms? Fire all of your smaller clients. They're not worth your time or effort. Every single time I hear that, every single time I have heard that, it makes me sick to my stomach. Oh, isn't that great? You can take a uh, $100 million family and you can manage to put them in things where they're getting a decent rate of return where they can, you know, fire up the yacht. Isn't that great? But you're not capable of building somebody's wealth up? Give me a break. Oh, you're the financial advisors that, uh, that, are, that deal with people that are, are not on third base but are two feet away from home plate? No. No, that's not what we do. Some of the most satisfying parts of what we do at Markowski Investments is building wealth. So again, again, people, we're open for everybody. Get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com, watchdogonwallstreet.com, or give us a call, 800-471-5984. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to the watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. So, <laughs> tell them, uh, d- d- describe what's happening with the auto industry uh, right now. I mean, you saw CarMax's results, which were just horrific. Horrific, and you know, you're starting to see the downgrades on various different automakers across the board. How, how can you not? How can you not? You got to think about. You got to think about what's transpired over the past couple of years. You have all of these automakers out there having supply chain issues. We're talking about Ford. Ford couldn't get the the, the, the little blue Ford plate that they put on the outside of the car. They had a tough time getting a hold of that. So they've built all of these automobiles, and they've built up this inventory, which hasn't yet been completed. They're still waiting for a couple of things. And they bought all, built all these cars when costs were much higher. Now, you got to sell them. And the idea in business is to sell something for a profit, right? Well, all of a sudden, you know, rates start going up. Guess what? It makes it more expensive for people to go out and buy that car because the interest payments are higher. My wife, uh, again, you know, batting back and forth. She likes to get she likes to get a new car. We lease her car every three years. She just does. That's the way she is. And again, we you know I get debates with her about valuations and all of these things. So she, you know she had to take her car in for service, and she went to go talk to them about well she wanted the same exact car, new one. And I told her we're not doing that. Sorry, sorry, we're not doing that. Uh, this is what's going to happen. And again, she's one that has to see things for herself. And the, <laughs> usually, usually these these uh, guys at dealerships are always pushing people into leasing a car. No, 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 no. He didn't even tell her. He didn't even tell her. She she realized that the fact that he did everything to tell me what it would cost to lease the exact same car, same model, obviously three years newer, from three years ago. He wouldn't even tell her. No, no, you got to buy it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, no, no, I explained to my wife. I showed her. I buy the car out at the end of the lease. I could turn around and sell it for uh, a pretty hefty profit, but we're just going to keep it. This is what's happened with the auto industry. It's going to be very difficult moving forward. Anyway, um, the business story, uh, the whole Elon Musk Twitter thing, again, going to close on original terms. I, that's, that's at least where things are right now. These were things are right now. Um, again, there's going to probably a collective freakout going on with all the lefties over at uh, Twitter. Um, so, some of Elon Musk's uh, uh, messages came out where he was talking about the type of money that uh, certain companies make based uh, per employee, and Twitter is one of the worst in the tech industry. Basically saying, "Hey, hey, guess what?" Guess what? We, we can we can get rid of a lot of people here is what we can do. We don't need all of these people here. And guess what? We can become profitable. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Good for Moderna. Good for Moderna. Moderna turned down a request from China uh, to hand over the core intellectual property behind the uh, the development of the COVID nineteen vaccine, an mRNA technology. Uh, again, you got you got to hand it to China because they usually get what they want. 
you got so many companies here in America that are so short-sighted. The CEOs of these companies, they're paid based upon last quarter's earnings, and they got to beat those earnings. They don't give a damn about the country that they live in. No, 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 no. They're more than willing to hand over the technology. They didn't develop it. Their workers did. To hand over the technology to China just so they can get into that market. Oh, yeah, or, or you're, you're a, a, a media company like Disney. We're more than happy. We're more than happy to censor our content to make our little Chinese uh, monitors uh, happy. It's pathetic. Good for Moderna. No, 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 no. We're not. You, you want our? You want our vaccine? We'll sell you our vaccine, but we're not going to give you the recipe for our secret sauce for crying out loud. Anyway, um, I had this sent to me by one of our listeners, and again, I, I used to love, uh, I used to love the the funny papers when I was a kid. I mentioned this on the podcast, you know, Sunday morning newspaper with the color funnies. I used to enjoy that when I was younger. Uh, Dilbert has just been around for a while, just got canceled by 77 papers. Dilbert got canceled by 77 papers for what? For, for making a joke that's true? Here was the, the cartoon. You get two characters here talking about ESG. Again, again, can't mess around with ESG. Can't do that, or you're going to get canceled. In case you haven't realized here on this program, I don't, I don't give a second thought about being canceled or nasty messages. I don't care. goes like this. Our ESG score will drop if we open a new factory that adds CO2 to the atmosphere. But we can balance that out by adding more diversity to our board and the other character in the cartoon asked the question how much co2 do you plan to add answer one non-binary board member's worth and it's true you get points you get points for how woke you are so you open up a factory that spews CO, extra co2 or pollution whatever it may be you can cancel that out by diversity in the ranks. Understand how stupid this whole thing is. This whole ESG crap. It, it, it's, it's embarrassing is what it is. It really is. It's pathetic, sad, embarrassing. And mark my words, it will go away. It'll be another fad, fraud, Woke, it's gonna go away. Yep, yep, yep. Stay woke, go broke. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, get to our website, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. All sorts of great stuff there. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call, 800 471 5984. I like smoking lightning. Heavy metal thunder. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader, Chris Markowski is The Watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? 
exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. All right, welcome back, everyone. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street show. I, I got to go over um, this story because this is, again, it's one of these teachable moment stories where what transpired, what, what happened, what is going to happen has is, is made the news. But, but unfortunately, in today's day and age, you, you, don't get, you don't get the journalists delving into the backstory. You don't have them diving into, you know, explaining how all of this works. And, and I, I, I freely admit that in this case, there's winners and there's losers. And, you know, that old saying, it is what it is. Well, this is the way our country works today. And, and what am I talking about? I'm sorry. We're talking about the uh, announcement this past week. Micron Technologies is pledging up to $100 billion to build a semiconductor factory uh, north of Syracuse, New York, about 15 miles north of Syracuse, New York. Now, I am um, I'm from upstate New York. Uh, I grew up outside of Albany, New York. Uh, went to college out there in Syracuse. And um, I, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well, I understand, you know, what's been happening in upstate New York for a long, long time. I mean, upstate New York used to be boomtown. All these areas along the, the Mohawk River, and this had to go back to the days just moving goods and services. You know, Hudson River, Mohawk River, Erie Canal, all of these things got to get goods out to the Midwest, and this is how you would do it. You have all these towns along the way. Just to have a lot more manufacturing in upstate New York that's gone away. Remember, remember how big Eastman Kodak was in Rochester? Smith Corona typewriters used to be out there as well. The General Electric plant in Schenectady used to be huge, where my grandfather used to work. Well, many of these things have gone away, and there's a myriad of reasons behind that. Um, some of which is it's it's not easy to do business in the state of New York. It's not. Uh, unless you are tied in to the powers that be, you're tied in to government in some way, shape, matter, or form, it's difficult. It's expensive. Taxes are very high. So, again, the people in, in upstate New York and around Syracuse, area, they, they must be thrilled. They must be thrilled because of the jobs that this is going to create. Now, why, why do I give this a little bit of pause? Why do I want to give a backstory when it comes to this? This uh, $100, $100 billion that they're going to invest over our 20-year period of time, um, you and I, you and I are paying for this plant. We are. Th this plant would not be there. It would not exist if it wasn't for our tax dollars. This is part of the chips act and this is one of the things that i can't stand about government that i think is completely wrong i think it is the antithesis of what our founders wanted picking and choosing winners and losers if i want to invest in micron i can invest in micron i don't want to give micron money 
We gave them money. And it's not just micro. This happens all the time. It happens with, happens with elephants. It happens with donkeys. But it shouldn't. Should not not to mention the fact that this you know this micron plant. You, you think that they're going to be paying property taxes? You don't you don't think that they got a unbelievable deal? You don't think that part of the Chips Act being passed? You don't think that Chuck Schumer before it was passed was talking to the folks at Micron saying, "Hey, okay, you're going to build this plant. It better go in upstate New York." Because, again, if you're not getting, if Micron was not getting these incentives, if it wasn't getting these handouts and giveaways, do you think they would set up there? No way. No way, no how. Now, this is the story. This is what you should be told. You see, what the state of New York should do is it should obviously become a better place to do business, a better environment for doing business. That attracts business. But no. No, the only way they get business here is through subsidies via the taxpayer in some way, shape, matter, or form. And, and I, I've yelled and screamed about this for years here on the program. I, I, I remember I, I talked about this on the podcast this, this past week as well. I'll share the story again. Remember when I lived in Southwest Florida and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of wealthy people in and around the area, they, again, they love holding their, their charitable galas and whatnot and have all their parties all the time. And again, I'd always question, get invited. How much money is actually going to go to the charity and how much is going to be spent on the filet mignon and lobster and champagne at the event? Always drove me nuts. But anyway, they, they loved their Sarasota Film Festival. Oh my God. And man, oh man, it used to be, it used to be big. I remember I met Ed Norton. And they have big parties, all this stuff going on. And it's because, you know, it's an art city. And they got some guy there, kind of reminiscent of the monorail salesman from uh, the monorail episode from The Simpsons. But again, I'm, that's a kind of an obscure sub-reference. But anyway, sold the politicians in the city of Sarasota. He was going to open up a film studio. Film studio, and he needed all this money. He needed all these things to make this happen. He needed them. He needed Sarasota to build him a uh, a special hangar at Sarasota Airport for the private planes that they were coming in. And I'm watching this, and I'm looking at the, the, the media stories here, and they loved it too. Oh, boy, because we get to be close. We might be close to celebrities. Yay! And, and I, I took a look at this guy's one production it wasn't even a production it was a joke it was a joke honestly i could get a bunch of kids with iphones today it was some cop show that was miami something it was gonna be some cop show in miami but they were gonna film it in sarasota the production value at the time again it was like a middle school av club or, or, or college av club put the thing together i said this thing is never going to be on tv this guy is going to take all of these tax dollars and he's going to spend them and he's going to be gone sure enough and what i think was about a year later his soundstage his film studio turned into one of those you know those kid bounce houses <laughs> this is what happens okay government should stay the hell out of the private sector completely just stay out of it 
your, your job your job is to be the referee it's to be the umpire it's not to get involved another sub reference remember talking about umpires remember enrico palazzo Remember Enrico Palazzo from uh, Naked Gun there? It was you know, Leslie Nielsen's playing the umpire. Well, what was the, the, <laughs> he was the opera singer that then was the umpire at the game. And he had to get involved in the game because Ridgie Jackson was going to shoot the queen. Remember, you remember how? Uh, anyway, I digress. Anyway, um, there was some news this past week. Got the financial markets, you know, kind of messy talking about whether or not there was going to be a run on credit swiss and the stock tanked but again the swiss government's not going to allow that to happen they're not but um again when you st- people start talking about things this is you know it can become a self self-serving pro- prophecy to some degree and, and I, I i go back to when um again chuck schumer rings the bell during the, the financial crisis, he was warning about IndyMac Bank. And sure enough, everybody ran out to IndyMac Bank and took their money out, caused a run on the bank, and the bank went under. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm not a fan, never have been a fan of these Swiss banks. Uh, back in 1990, so before we ha- even had a, a radio show, um, used to do guest appearances on programs, had my newsletter. Uh, Credit Swiss bought First Boston. And you had, again, it was Clinton administration and Republicans and Democrats getting along pretty well. And, you know, they, they really weren't paying attention. They were allowing all of these foreign banks to come in and buy up American institutions. And I had a real problem with that. I did. Because it was just highlighted that many of these Swiss banks that are buying things up were just shredding documents in their basement so they couldn't give property, money, whatever it may be, to their rightful owners Again, this had to do with Holocaust victims' families. And I'm saying to myself, um, are these companies that you really want to do business with? Anyway, and you talk about all of the scandals, all of the crap, all the fraud, all of that, USB, uh, Credit Suisse, right on through. They, they use that, that Swiss moniker there. There's some of the worst money managers going. Again, they're, they're able to, you know, you can figure out a way. They're able to hide money really well, but, um, manage it. Not so much. Okay. Um, equal opportunity bashers here on the program. Uh, the Republican party is basically checked out. They put out this thing, this commitment to America. It's commitment to America. Uh, Google it. Google it. Check it out. Check it out. It, it is, um, it, it's an outline is what it is. It is an outline. I, I keep trying to dig for more and more information and they give nothing. You t- it's just not even broad strokes. Not even broad strokes. It's, we want, it's like a kid. It's a, a kid asking for stuff from Santa Claus. I want this. I want that. We need to do this. How? How? What what legislation have you put forward? Have you put anything together? We want an economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a future that's built on freedom, a government that's accountable. How? What are you planning on doing? And then they, they get a little bit more detailed, but it's it's really nothing. 
Yeah, listen, people, we need we need some massive changes in Washington, D.C. But if this is the best that the uh, elephants have to offer, I know you got a lot of people out there all excited. Red wave change. Come on. Be careful. Be fair. Don't get, don't get your hopes too high. Um, let's just leave it at that. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. All sorts of great stuff there at our website. Check out our Alpha Lock portfolios, consultations with our certified financial planners, account repair kits, and, of course, our podcast. Get to sign up for that as well. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. It's so funny. And again, the thing is, is I keep going back because it was, it was a great stand-up routine. And it's because there's just certain people out there, they just, they have, in today's day and age, people just don't have any shame. They don't get embarrassed at all by what they say. Sebastian Maniscalco, aren't you embarrassed? No, no, they're not. It's and it's again. It's like I could never do politics ever. John Kerry um, coming out talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, and he said it. He said, "I'm not sure how much it has to do with inflation, but it's an amazing bill." It's handouts to people in his favorite industry since he, he is Mr. Climate Czar, whatever the hell that is. I mean, they knew. I mean, and again, even you people that, that voted this, does that bother you at all or is that okay? And to you, it's just a means to an end. You can say anything, do anything that you want as long as you, you get your way. Your, your job is to confuse people. Confuse people, lie to them so you can get your way because you know better. This is what people believe. And it's not just on the left. It's on the right as well. And we're supposed to have a a news media that's supposed to hold these people accountable. And they just don't. They don't. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, came out and talking about hurricane relief and stated, we have to address this in a way. That is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity. Mm -hmm. If we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we need to take into account those disparities and do the works. Uh, She basically is coming out and saying that hurricane aid is going to be based upon what color you are. Or I I don't know what gender pronoun that you use. That might be a part of it as well. Um, I, I, I mean, she's obviously proven herself uh, to be not the, the sharpest tack in the box. She didn't write that. She was told to say that. Um, I, I it's hard. Again, I, I don't know how you vote. Again, people must believe in this stuff. They, they really do. They really must believe in this nonsense. You, you think it's a country you want to live in where we're picking and choosing? Picking and choosing who's going to get what. It's going to be based upon the color of your skin. 
people, just so you know, we've gone backwards. Younger people out there, as far as racing, we've gone backwards over the past, I'd say probably over the past 20 years. We really have. Um, yeah, the whole Donald Trump, uh, New York State versus Donald Trump thing. Um, again, it's much ado about nothing. It's politics. Um, I've explained this before. You've got uh, uh, Tisha James here going after the Trump family. No, what she's going after is a higher standing. She wants to be governor. She wants to be governor. This is what you get. Okay, you get the, you get an attorney general in the state of New York. The next step for them is governor and is to get your picture in the paper as much as possible. There's this common wisdom out there says state attorney general. Seventy percent of what they do over the course of the day is politics and 30 percent law. And, and I think that's off. It's a hell of a lot more politics. <laughs> I'm looking at this case and I'm like. What, you don't think Trump exaggerates? You, you don't think the banks that Trump was doing business with, borrowing money from, you don't think that they knew that he's a BS artist? Of course they did. And you know what the funny thing is about this entire thing? Um, in this case, I mean, Trump has lost money in ventures in the past. None of these things lost anything. They never lost a dime. The banks made all their money back. In fact, they, they, they did well. Anyway, anyway, listen, I, yeah, I'm equal. Like I said, we go after everybody here on the program. I'm going after Trump. I go after, I go after everybody. But this is, this is just stupid right now. It really is. All right. Let's talk a little bit about education. You had Larry Hogan, who was the governor of uh, Maryland, came out, did a piece talking about whether or not college is worth it. And he's basically saying it's not. For everyone. And I like what, what he's doing in the state of Maryland. He made some changes. He made some changes in the state of Maryland where it said, okay, jobs that traditionally in the state required you to have a college education, he got rid of that. He said, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. We need to reorient the education system to fit the economic and cultural needs of the 21st century. A patriotic and skilled workforce, unencumbered by unbearable levels of debt, will allow the United States to compete with China and other adversaries while defending the values of the American founding. Woof. Boy, those fight words. Those fight words when you're talking to some of these colleges and universities out there. To begin the hard work of reconfiguring the broken higher education system, there are three steps we can take immediately. First, employers should stop requiring college degrees for jobs that don't need them. And there's a lot. Again, we've talked about this here on the program. Other countries having apprenticeships, teaching someone the job. You mentioned Maryland. Thousands of state jobs no longer have such requirements. If more states follow, more states follow, the trend could spread to the private sector. Again, we should be looking to, to, to teach in regards to short-term skills-based training, not just four-year degree programs. We got to up the ante when it comes to apprenticeship programs, creating alternative pathways to a myriad of careers from cybersecurity, healthcare, skilled trades. And again, 
Stop forgiving a stupid loan, student loan crap. I mean, it's it really is. It's just patently absurd what you're doing. And I hope some of these lawsuits that have been coming down the pike actually have legs to them. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Alpha Lock Portfolios. Free consultations with our certified financial planners. All sorts of great, great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. I'm a John Kerry. Janet Yellen, the same thing this past week. I forgot to mention. Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act's investments are mainly geared toward the longer-term issues around climate. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. We already did the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, which you, you gave all those money to the, the, those green companies that went under. So you're basically doing it again. Anyway, um, I, I saw this. I saw this. And, and again, this is one of those things. It's been a weird couple of weeks where um, Paul Krugman and I saw eye to eye on the inflation issue, even though he, he kind of backed off. It was, it was funny. You read his column about the Fed breaking, he was very cautious. He didn't want to tick off any of his buddies in academia who might be thinking differently. Anyway, anyway, as you all know, we don't give a damn. We don't pull any punches here on the program. But anyway, um, I found myself agreeing with Elizabeth Warren on something that she said. Now, again, follow, though. There's limits, though. There's limits. kind of interesting. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wants to... Um, introduce reintroduce a bill that would overhaul u.s bankruptcy rules and create a potential path for americans to erase their student loan debt now wait 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 i've said this before okay now again i don't agree with elizabeth warren that people who have borrowed should allow be allowed to do that you can't do that you can't do that because there was an arrangement made where you were paying a very low interest rate on something because guess what? You couldn't declare bankruptcy and have to get rid of it. If that was the case, all of these student loan payment uh, interest rates would be 18 to 20%. They'd be the same rates that they were with credit cards. If you want to do that moving forward, it would change the dynamic should change the dynamic because again they won't because the government's handing out student loans yeah let me explain this to you okay credit cards you charge up a ton of money on your credit card you go on fancy vacation you're going out to eat all this stuff televisions close you can't afford to pay you declare bankruptcy go to bankruptcy court what does a credit card company do nothing absolutely nothing right they're gonna they're gonna repossess your vacation that's why credit card interest rates are so high it's not like you're you're buying a home with the mortgage and you don't pay they can they can take the home back or if you buy a car and you stop making payments they repossess your car and there's some value there how do you repossess a vacation how do you repossess a college degree 
Oh, so you got a degree in uh, basic basket weaving and you can't find a job and, and you can't pay that $300,000 bill to Oberlin. <laughs> so you're going to declare bankruptcy? No, any intelligent, normal lender would say, gee whiz, uh, you want to borrow this money to go get a degree in 14th century Russian literature, women's studies, gender studies. Um, we're going to charge you 25% on that loan. What? So you wouldn't take the loan out. Then what would happen? Again, let's follow the yellow brick road here, okay? If student loan interest, interest on student loans were at those levels, what would co people wouldn't take out the loans? What would colleges and universities have to do? They would have to lower their price. Okay, this is just how the world works. No, no, you, you already borrowed money. No, you shouldn't be allowed to declare bankruptcy and get that loan discharged. No way. Uh-uh. But you want to do this moving forward? Sure, sure. The problem is, though, problem is, is that the government, government is the one with running the student loan program right now. We can't charge people these confiscatory rates. What are you talking about? The risk is higher. Lending is about risk and reward, for crying out loud. You can't, you can't take back, we're going to go to somebody's house and take their diploma off the wall. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Make sure you also, um, so many people, I get thousands of thousands of people every week signing up for our podcast. Do me a solid well. You like the podcast? Tell somebody about it. We podcast this radio show as well. Get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com, or give us a call, 800-471-5984. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-364-1031 now. 
Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-364-1031. That's 800-364-1031. What do you have to lose? Call 800-364-1031. Again, 800-364-1031. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. All right, oh, outfield here, 1980s week. Welcome back, everybody. This is Watchdog on uh, Wall Street Show here. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it was much ado. We had a lot of stories. Oh my God, Democrats are coming up with a plan to ban stock trading. Yeah, they, uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 they walked away from that entire thing. Come on, people. Uh, if you haven't figured out, you know, in the old animal farm that, uh, you know, some animals are more equal than others. Yeah. And, you know, the type of money that these members of Congress make based upon their position of power. I, I, again, I have so little respect for so many of them. I really do. And this is even on at state and local levels. Yeah, I, I am all for public service, but that's what it should be. It shouldn't be self-serving. You shouldn't be trading on your position of power in the public space, and that's what they do. How do you think they get so wealthy? How do you think? Again, I, I remember seeing this on the, the state and local level with politicians investing in companies that were going to, whether it be doing a, a contract for rest areas on, on various different highways because they knew that the money was going in this way. Again, I, I don't know how you do that. How do you, how do you get that right in your mind that that's okay? Anyway, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Yes, the uh, Republicans abandoned their Obamacare repeal. Mm-hmm. The Republicans are abandoning their long crusade to repeal the Affordable Care Act, making the 2022 election the first in more than a decade that won't be fought over whether to protect or undo President Barack Obama's signature achievement. 
Um, again, here's a little insider baseball again. Okay. Republicans had no interest in repealing Obamacare. They, the only interest was is to get you thinking that they had interest in repealing Obamacare. They, they talk about entitlement reform. They talk about fixing things. Remember, remember George W. Bush, he wanted to reform Social Security and Medicare and had some plans to do it. Mitch McConnell told him to take a long walk off a short pier. We're spending too much political capital in Iraq. So we, we, we can't, we're, we're too busy fighting your stupid war against Saddam. It was right. Yeah, we, we don't reform any of these things. I, again, repeal. Remember repeal and replace? I, I don't even remember the, the replacement. They, they called it a bill. It was a joke. It wasn't even a bill. It was a joke what the Republicans had put together in replacing Obamacare. And, and I've mentioned this before because, again, I, I get this all the time from the super Trumpsters. Super, I, I love hate relationship with the super trumpsters I, sometimes they you know oh you said something nice about you. and then what if i say something oh my god forget it i'm the devil anyway um john mccain john mccain volunteered to give the thumbs down he he volunteered he was in a big well, they maybe volunteer they said john you know what we all know that uh, you and trump can't stand one another and let's be honest Trump was a real jerk to John McCain. Some of the things that came out of his mouth were just awful. Awful. Never even apologized for it. Anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. So he gave the thumbs down. If it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else. There, there, is, no, there is no movement towards smaller government. Nothing. Nothing when it comes from the Republicans. In, in what way are they looking? Are we talking about trying to, I don't know, balance the budget? Hey, maybe go back to Simpson Bowles. Do something to shrink the size of government. Never. Never. We've got one big spending party and another big spending party. That, that, that's the choices that we have right now, which is eerily reminiscent of a South Park episode from years ago. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. Well, you know what? We're going to have a little fun going to some of the woke stuff maybe in the next segment. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Check out our Alpha Lock portfolios. Free consultations with our certified financial planners. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. It's The Watchdog on Wall Street. Show. Always honored to have you tuned into the big, pro- uh, big program here. Um, you, know, just got a lot, you know, let's have a little fun. Let's have a little fun. I like doing some of this woke stuff to finish up the program today. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you saw this. But um, this is this is America today. Maddox Oji, a Planned Parenthood doctor, tells Congress that men can get pregnant. This is medicine. Um, I, again, I have to harken back to um, the classic film, the classic film, 
kindergarten cop on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a police officer going undercover to be a kindergarten teacher. And he's uh, he's having a difficult go of it. And this little boy in his little kindergarten class raises his hand and says, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And guess what? That little boy in that kindergarten class is smarter than that Planned Parenthood doctor. Listen, you can say whatever you want. You can change your pronoun. You can change your name. You can have surgery. You can do all of those things. But guess what? Guy can't get pregnant. The the irony of that, you think about that for a second. Wasn't there an, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Where they somehow implanted a baby in a hammer. I was, I don't know, it was with, I think with Daniel DeVito. I don't know. It wasn't, no, twins was one. I don't know. I can't remember. Didn't see it. Anyway, um, here we go. This is colleges and universities today. And make no bones about it. I mean, we're always looking to bring people on here at Markowski Investments. Um, if you don't think that I have my kind of internal list in regards to colleges and universities that we're going to avoid, we do. We do. I, I see the stories. I see the stories somehow left-wing. I, it's almost like taking a chance. I, I don't know what type of mind virus has infected. It's like, it's like bringing somebody in, and you can't wear a mask with that stuff, right? <laughs> you can't get vaccinated. you got mind viruses. Amherst College. Oh, yes, it's Amherst. It's one of the nation's best schools. Really? Really, explain what they're what they're doing right now. They just um, they're forcing every class. And if you're in a class at Amherst, you have a survey, an anonymous survey. And if any members of your class say that they want masks to be on in the classroom, including teachers as well, everybody has to wear one. One person, he or she or they or them or whatever the hell BS pronoun that they're using says that they want everyone in the class to wear masks and everyone has to do so. My, my question to parents is, again, why would you subject your kids to this? I mean, honestly, why would you spend that, what is that, school, 80000 plus dollars? I mean, unless you feel the same way. Unless you feel the same way. It's a deal. My kids, because they're athletes and they, they work, worked really hard, um, the, the things that they've done. I've got one kid in, in school right now and, you know, daughter going next year and again, one more. And they've done well in school. They've done well and then they're getting recruited. And, and I see certain invitations, coaches email from certain schools. I'm like, no, no, not going there. No, no, no. Oh, oh, NESCAC schools? No. No, unless there's only a couple conservative ones there. The rest are off their rocker, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> there was some movie that came out last week. It, it's um, some, I guess it's a, it's a gay romantic comedy. It's called Bros. Um, do I have any interest in seeing a gay romantic comedy? No. No, am, am I going to go to the movie? I, I rarely go to the movie theaters. To go see this, no, no, romantic comedy. The last romantic comedy I saw at the movie theater must have been when I was dating my wife, for crying out loud. But anyway, um, it didn't do too well. It didn't do too well. And of course, of course, oh, my God, the critics raved about this. God forbid, God forbid they don't rave about it because then you're going to get canceled.
Hey, you want a you want a surefire way of getting good ratings for a movie? I mean, obviously, put out some woke crap because all of the all the critics out there be afraid to say a damn thing about it. But anyway, movie had a twenty two million dollar budget and it uh, just saw four point eight million at the box office. And the maker of the movie said that uh, straight people, straight people didn't show up. Straight people didn't show up and basically said that, you know, they're stupid Neanderthals for the most part. Um, dude, if you want people to go see a movie, you might not want to, i uh, just saying, you might not want to insult them. I'm saying, you might not want to do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Vermont high school volleyball team is banned. Girls basketball team, they cannot go into their own locker room because well there's a transgender dispute there is a guy on their volleyball team and something was said they don't feel comfortable whatever it may be so the girls now have to change one by one in a single stall bathroom i'm not making this up i'm not making this up this is this is another this is life imitating another south park episode uh, Apple's vice president of procurement, Tony Blevins, he left the company. He was, well, he was, he was forced out. He was forced out. I guess there's some TikTok person out there that goes up to people in fancy cars and talks to them and asks about what they were doing. So he was getting out of his fancy Mercedes Benz and this, uh, TikTok guy, this Daniel Mack, you know, asked him a, a question and, and what he did for a living. And the guy, the guy said, and it, it was a joke. And it was clever. I couldn't remember the quote, but he gave an exact quote from the movie Arthur. Remember Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli? He said, I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women, but I take weekends and major holidays off. He cracked the joke, used a line from Arthur, and now he's fired. Again, heading in the wrong direction, people. Just saying. Watchdog on WallStreet.com, our site, Watchdog on WallStreet.com. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you.